Welcome to Life in Balance. I'm Ken Miles, pastor of Kitchener-Waterloo Christian Fellowship. We all know that life can be hectic, and sometimes its demands can pull us off balance. The good news is that God has given practical insights in His Word for keeping life on an even keel, despite the pressures we may face. This program is designed to help us understand and apply God's wisdom in our everyday lives. Good Tuesday, everyone. We have been talking about spiritual gifts, and we have seen that in the scripture there are three lists given. The first is in Romans 12, the second in Ephesians 4, the third in 1 Corinthians 12. And we have looked at the ones in Romans 12. There are seven gifts here, and we have called these motivation gifts. God puts a motivation within us to see things a certain way, Those with the motivation gift of prophecy meet spiritual needs. Those with the motivation gift of serving meets practical needs. Teaching meets mental needs. Exhortation meets personal needs. Giving meets material needs. Ruling meets effectiveness needs. And mercy meets emotional needs. These are the motivation gifts. Now let's move on today and look at the second category, And they are found in Ephesians chapter 4. We see in verse 7 it says, But to each one of us grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. And then it says in verse 11, And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers, for the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. So here it lists five gifts. They are actually position gifts, office gifts. These are gifts to the church. And why are they given? It says here, to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. These gifts are given so that the saints, the people of the church, can be equipped for ministry. Now here's a distinction we need to see. The ministry of the church is not done by these five offices. These five offices, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, are there to equip the saints for the work of ministry. The ministry is done by the totality of the body of Christ. We're all members of the body of Christ, and we have a function to play. Every Christian is a minister. But these particular gifts are given to the church to equip people to do their ministry. We could actually look at these gifts as coaching gifts, just as a ball team would have coaches that help the players be equipped and assigned and encouraged and organized so that they can win the game. These gifts given here in Ephesians chapter 4 are coaching gifts to the church. They're there to help the church be all that it can be. Now, I would add two more gifts to this category because it says over in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 28 that God has appointed these in the church. First apostles, second prophets, third teachers, and then it goes on to say administrations and helps. I believe that administrations and helps can be added to this category. They are given by appointment. You see, all offices in the church 
should be appointed on the basis of gifting and calling, not on the basis of election. Elections can be popularity contests of who we like the best, but we don't want a person in a position just because they're more likable than another. We want a person in a position because they are called to it and they're gifted to be in that position. And so we see in the Bible that apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, I would add administrations and helps, are appointed positions in the church. And again, the reason that they are there is to equip the saints for their ministry. So those of us, like myself, who are a pastor in a local church, my assignment, my job, is to equip the people that attend our congregation to be effective ministers of Jesus Christ. And if that be the case, God is more interested in what people are doing outside of church than in the church service. Because really, the church service is the meeting of the congregation coming together to be equipped. The church service is like a hockey team meeting in the locker room between periods. When they come into the locker room, well, they have their skates sharpened, they have a little bit of time of rest, the coach talks to them about strategy, maybe changes some positions, gives them some pointers, and then the buzzer goes and it's time to get back in the game. And really, a church, when it gathers together, should be like that. The work of the church, the being in the game, is not what's happening on a Sunday morning, but really is what happens when the church is dismissed. In fact, a banner that I want to make for our congregation is church begins on Monday. That's really where the church is out on the field playing. We are to be salt and light in the world. And so we are to go out Monday through Saturday and be effective witnesses in the world, in our workplaces, in our schools, in our neighborhoods, being effective lights, living our life, being an influence for good. This is the work of the church. What happens on Sunday are these ministries of apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher, administrations, and helps equipping the saints for their work. Now, saying all that, there still is a dimension that the church has a ministry on Sunday to the world in that we invite the community to come into our midst on a Sunday morning. And Sunday mornings can be designed to be a time to teach the principles of Christianity, to pray for people, to meet their needs, to counsel to a certain degree. And so I'm not saying that Sunday cannot be a time where we minister to the world. But really, from a biblical point of view, Sundays were a time when the saints withdrew to be with each other, to be encouraged, to pray, to be refilled with the Holy Spirit, to go out and then do the work during the week. You see, we think of the church as being a building, but really, for the first number of centuries, there were no church buildings. The church met from home to home. And also, we think many times as the church as being a service, I when does church begin? As if it begins on Sunday at a particular time. No, that is when the church is getting together. But when does the church really begin to do its work? When we dismiss, when we go out into the world. We need our minds changed to this. 
And those like myself who are appointed to these ministry gifts of apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher, administrations, and helps need to realize I'm going to be judged on how many people I equip. I'm not going to be judged on how big my church building is. I'm not going to be judged on how many people I have on a particular Sunday. We're going to be judged on how many people Monday through Saturday are working and are being bright lights in the world as a result of our ministry. How many people have we equipped to do the work of ministry? I tell you, when pastors and ministers get this in their minds, there will be a shift. There'll be a revival. Congregations will begin to see, I have a responsibility. I don't need to necessarily, when there's a need, call the pastor and say, well, he should come and pray about this. Or I should call him to go and visit someone. No, we are the ministers. The body of Christ are the ministers. And we need to be equipped to minister. Now, this is the reason this second category is given here in the Bible. So, let's look at these in turn and see what we can learn about each of them. Let's start with the ones that we are the most familiar with. Pastor. Now, pastor comes from the same Greek word that's translated shepherd. So, pastors are shepherds. They shepherd a flock, a flock of people. As a shepherd would take care of sheep, a pastor takes care of a group of people. A pastor is responsible for the spiritual welfare of a group of Christians. When Jesus met with Peter after his resurrection, he asked Peter if he loved him. Peter said, yes, Lord, you know I love you. And the Lord said, feed my lambs. And then he asked Peter a second time, do you love me? And Peter said, yes. And he said, tend my sheep. And then he said to him the third time, Simon, do you love me? And it says that that Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said, Lord, you know that I love you. And the Lord said, feed my sheep. Now, Peter, he was being commissioned to go forward and to be a pastor, to be a shepherd. And he was to feed the lambs. He was to tend the sheep. And he was to feed the sheep. Every Christian is meant to have spiritual care. There needs to be someone that watches out for your soul. It says in Hebrews 13 and verse 17 that we should submit ourselves to those that are over us in the Lord because they watch out for your souls as those who must give account. Let them do so with joy and not with grief for that would be unprofitable for you. This scripture is telling us that we need to submit, be part of a local church, receive the spiritual care that is offered there because they're watching out for our souls. And they're going to give an account before the Lord of how they've cared for you, how they prayed for you, how they taught you, how they corrected you. And the Bible says here that we should respond to this so they can give this account with joy before the Lord. Because if we don't, It's going to be unprofitable for us. You're going to miss something if you don't have the spiritual care that God intends for you to have. He has placed pastors in the church and they are to care for you and to protect you and to warn you of danger. This is the function of a pastor. Every person needs a pastor. 
I've shared with you in the past. Even though I'm a pastor, I need a pastor. I need someone to watch out for my soul. Everyone needs this. And so I encourage you, receive the benefit of a pastor. Be part of a local church. Connect. Establish yourself. As the scripture says, put your roots down. Be planted in the local church. Because if you're planted there, you're going to prosper and you're going to be fruitful. So this is the first gift, the gift of pastor. That's our time for today. But tomorrow we'll go on and we'll look at the other gifts in this category. I'm Ken Miles. Bye for now. Life in Balance is a ministry of KW Christian Fellowship. We are located at 1000 Bleams Road in Kitchener. But as you know, we are not meeting there right now due to the coronavirus. Instead, we are streaming our Sunday service online starting at 10.30. Go to our website at kwcf.org to check out all the details. We are living through difficult times right now. But the Bible tells us to cast all of our care on Him, for He cares for us. So till next time, let God keep your life in balance.